hello and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am Noah, and as always, I am joined by... Kayla! How are you on this fine Sunday afternoon? It's Sunday. Sunday afternoon. It is Sunday, yes. You know, I raked some leaves today... I like I rake leaves this weekend. It's a leaf raking day. Yeah, yeah, like at least here, like a peak is supposed to be kind of this week for most mm. trees, but the tree that's like right on our property has pretty much shed its yeah. life. So we had to An rake that bloomer. up. This is the last I think like this was our last like lawn weekend of the year. Um Yeah. Well speaking of weekends we're still talking about a lost weekend in this fourth episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This will be our final of the, like the main four episodes that we've been doing. And then we will also next Thursday have a final interview with Andy, who we talked to um, before we did all these. I know we said that we were going to have that in this episode, but the interview is like too long to put it in here. So we want to make sure we're not like let making like releasing two-hour episodes we want to make them nice tight concise because attention spans these days with with all the cellular devices no one can keep an attention span longer than 30 seconds sure yeah but we have uh another some more on the floor stuff today as well as showcasing uh final film would you wouldn't you guess it Uh, another documentary (laughs) because we are a documentary podcast now the secondhand documentary critics hey i'm fine with that um let's go quickly then to our on the floor segment and hear uh what some people had to say about some of the movies they saw cat daddies was the perfect way to start my weekend it it's cats it's daddies it's got the biggest chunk of a main coon and all of these wonderful kittens everywhere and just the love that all of these people have for their cats it's just there's no way it doesn't make you feel good and yet you're kind of sad about it at the same time because you know that at some point you know these people will lose their cats they're going to be unhappy they're going to do what we all do and mourn those cats and get more cats and just seeing that love and it's 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 so nice yeah that's uh, cats are great daddies are great you know that's what else you have to say yeah i don't know do you have cats oh yeah i've got two at the moment well i only ever have two at once because three and it makes you a crazy cat lady but the ratio has to stay consistent yeah but no i've got a tuxedo cat and i've got an old siamese kitty and yeah they are very cute is there anything else that you've seen this weekend that has either spoken to you or maybe you didn't love as much anything I have like not any seen thoughts? anything I didn't love as much uh, the horror movie that I saw um, speak no evil I've heard good things about oh that my, it was so good it was so horrendously like gutting I mean just dark um, so that took me a while to process um, under the open sky I loved it was so much more poignant than I expected and the acting was phenomenal. And it just, it was a beautiful movie. 
And then Baby Assassins kind of pulled me straight out of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's what most people have been saying. It's a very that stark. Was really what Ben just yeah, said. stark contrast for yeah, sure. The two. Say so far, Under the Open Skies has been my favorite non-documentary. I'll start with Scarborough since I watched it first. I recently have been substitute teaching at the local schools, and so that definitely struck a personal chord for me. Um, but I really liked it. I really liked that they were highlighting, you know, minority groups and um, their stories and how they're navigating a system and ability and disabilities and things like that and how medical access comes into things as well. Uh, and then my only critique for that one would be that, um, oh, right, I'm still Ben Harrison. Um, I really liked all the stories that they had to tell, but I felt like there were so many emotional beats and they tried to tie up all the stories to such a degree that it drew out a little long for me. And it, you know, I'm fine sometimes with there not being a classic like narrative arc or, um, and it's not like a big hill that you come on and off of. Um, but it can be a little tiring to be brought up to the top of the hill and stay there and not come back down. And that was my experience with Scarborough. Uh, but RRR, I enjoyed a lot. Um, definitely you have to go into it with, you know, acknowledging that you're watching a movie and you're not expecting to be in real life. Unlike Scarborough, they were able to like have multiple emotional moments uh, that didn't feel like exhausting, that you were just constantly staying there. Um, and I think that also has helped because um, it had comedy to like a big comedic element or like non crazy deep sad emotional element that you could come back to and not be tired by necessarily. But it was long and the intermission was funny uh, that no one expected and it did a very good job at having a peak right before the intermission and then building it up again and I really liked that. Uh, my name is Gail Vasta. I'm in Woodstock, Virginia. And I live close to the Shenandoah River, the North Fork of the Shenandoah River, and just came out of seeing Headwaters Down, which was a fantastic documentary. Um, unlike many documentaries I've seen, it had a beautiful artistic aesthetic and a wonderful flow um, that just brought you along with information, but in a very soft pitch way, so it wasn't... Um, wasn't hard or rushed or um, trying to get you to do something, but it really inspired you to do something in the end. I sat behind the filmmakers who were in the theater, so it was fun to watch their reactions to people clapping and, and making noise in the theater. Um, the movie itself is uh, beautifully shot, very artistically created. The music is wonderful. It's all original music. The, the focus of the journey down the river is beautiful, and the pace of the, of the documentary is, uh, flows like a river. So there's a few times where they have a little bit of um, rough water, but mostly it's just this beautiful journey. Um, and how do you feel like, because you've been coming to Alamo stuff for a while, right? Yeah, I've been here since last weekend four. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to see movies like this? Because clearly it was very impactful, but to see something that's kind of local um, in the state and stuff like that. Uh, it was fantastic. I had no idea this was our first Virginia film. 
Um, we've had a couple of short films that have been Virginia made, but I didn't realize this was our first Virginia feature length. So that was fantastic. And having all three of the filmmakers here was just a great, a great opportunity to speak to someone and see um, how they work together. One of the things that just blew me away was in the Q&A when they said that they all three edited the film. Um, the, the idea of three people editing the film and coming out with such a graceful, beautiful flow of the film um, was just, I did not expect that. I thought one of them had the voice. Um, and so I was just speaking to one of their girlfriends because you can do that in the Alamo. And um, she said how the, I was mentioning that, and she said the three of them are friends and each bring something different to the role. And so um, they're very trusting of each other in their individual roles, music, writing, and um, um, acting. And so they each trusted each other's vision as they were editing, which is just a beautiful thing. It's very unusual. I just This has been a fantastic last weekend coming back after the pandemic. We've had an earlier one that was semi-attended. Um, and this is fantastic with everything that everybody's uh, contributed and the charity and Andy and all the other hosts. It's just been a wonderful and a podcast. So I just, I listen to podcasts and I never been on one and never will be again, but it's been fantastic. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, Kayla, it's nice to see you. I'm Colin Mason. I'm the co-owner of Miranda Pictures along with my partner, Mike, who is standing right behind me. But you can't see that because it's a podcast. I just uh, popped in. I didn't really have time to do the whole weekend, but I popped in uh, to see. We did a little short film kind of fake out advertising trailer. I just kind of wanted to pop in, see it on the big screen, see any of the accompanying short films. We watched a short film called How to Make Shepherd's Pie. Yeah, it was I thought it was awesome. It was like kind of moving, unexpectedly moving, and uh, kind of felt really personal. Felt like uh, somebody had something to say, and so that was really cool. I've never been to Lost Weekend before. My partner Mike comes every year. He tries to get me to come every year. Every year I have something going on, including this year. Uh, I try to stay pretty busy, and I got a baby on the way, just about to pop. So yeah, this is about as much Lost Weekend as I can handle right now. I wanted to make sure I kind of dipped my toes in, and said hi. Are you going to see anything else today? Probably not, but I think Mike saw a whole bunch of films, so I think I'm going to hand the microphone over to Mike if that's all right. Yeah, go Michael. Uh, yeah. Now we've been. Uh yeah, going to Lost Weekend for a few years now. It's uh, it's it's awesome. It's the most exciting movie event I feel like happening in the valley, and just uh, very, very grateful that it's here. And it's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we work on you know our own sort of local movie stuff down in Front Royal, and it's it's great to be able to just come here and just the energy of everyone is so excited about films and like the new stuff coming down the pipe it's the curation is always awesome yeah. so it's are there any movies specifically that you've seen that you were like more impactful than others or it's the 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 the, the, the spread is so good like it's 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 cool seeing like the, the the really big international production pieces uh you know like um lost illusions uh yeah. was just I'm, I'm still wondering how they 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 got some of those you know, just the production value on the, the, the theater stuff and the crowds and the costuming and everything. Uh, and of course, RRR, just crazy over the top. <laughs> yeah, those are two, like the two longest ones from this weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
yeah, we're, we're we're usually getting you know the rest of it's all those like those like tight ninety minute indies, um, which is like its whole other flavor. But it's it, it's always um, really enjoy seeing those, uh, those 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 smaller like very personal films like uh, The Civil Dead or uh, was it something uh, in the dirt. Uh, lots of great documentaries, um, so you know, which they always yeah. Um, I just uh, got out of uh, the Pez Outlaw. Um, which was really kind of almost in docudrama territory. I feel like with all the recreations they did, yeah. you know, like a lot of designs here, and that was that was super fun. So uh, yeah, I'm already already missing it. Already looking forward to uh, the next one. Uh, it's been been yeah, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, thanks everyone for chatting with us on the floor, um, both in this episode and the whole time, because, man, we loved it. We loved getting the chance to talk to some people and have some fresh voices on the pod um, and hear all of your opinions. It was very exciting for us, especially, like, since we had a booth that, like, people actually did want to come talk to us was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I feel like if we do it again... People, you don't have to be scared of us. If anyone's listening, you can always come and just talk. I microphones sometimes can be scary. I think, or maybe to other. I feel like they're not scary anymore. But I feel like if you're not used to talking into a microphone sure. every week, then maybe it can feel a little scary. Um, so we appreciate everyone that did come up and just share their opinions with us because that is what the world is about um (laughs) let's go quick to a word from our sponsor um and then when we come back we will be showcasing the film headwaters down You know, I've wanted to say this for like two years now, and I don't think I ever have because I've been like, it's not great to, that this is the first thing I think of. But whenever you say, and we're back, I always think of, you know how like Chance the Rapper always started like his albums with that? Oh, like interesting. The, and we're back, and we're back. I That's the only thing I think of. Remember the big day? That was a that was a quite the album, <laughs> <laughs> quite the record. What an um, album! Um, yeah. So let's talk about Headwaters Down, um, which yeah. is the first official Virginia-based film uh, that oh. has screened at a Lost Weekend. Um, so the filmmakers live um, in Virginia, and the film and everything was shot on the James River in Virginia. Mm. And so it just all is about Virginia. Virginia. And so yeah, it's a, just a Virginia movie. Yeah, so this one's a documentary. Um, it's pretty short, which is... We're a fan of the short content. Um, oh, yeah. It can be very cool at times. Um, so, yeah, Noah, what are some of your thoughts about this movie? Um, yeah, before we go into too much of our thoughts, so Headwaters Down, you said it's on filmed on the James River, right? And basically yeah. the movie is just about these five guys who are just try- canoeing, paddling down the James River, and you get to see some of the struggles that they have, like 
canoeing like for multiple days on end and finding campsites and stuff like obviously it's not gonna all be a walk in a park in the park yeah it was like two um, then, uh, across two weeks uh basically right yeah that they did this and then they also get as they go that we they get into some of the history of the james james river and some of the um environmental um mishaps that have happened that make it uh not as great and some of the things that people have done to try to build it back up but then also towards the end of the film you see it's still in a pretty in a pretty bad spot environmentally so it's an interesting combination because you get like the personal story of these guys hanging out but then it also has like this deeper thing going on where it's also kind of um a showcase of the river at a at a place where it's not awful right now like it's definitely still usable but it's like if you feel like there's a sense of like this is could go away any minute you know because of the direction that the world is going in so it's an interesting kind of thing you have the like a bittersweetness during the movie because like it is fun but then you also have that element of it that's like constantly kind of in the background like this is something that's like could be in jeopardy um yeah i thought the movie it was really it was funny i think that i've never really seen something like this where it's just like um i mean i don't really like watch a lot of stuff about rivers i guess like i don't know like i don't i don't i'm not, <laughs> not really a big like, river guy not a big river guy um it reminded me a little bit of like something i'd watch on like um discovery channel you know hmm. like yeah. i thought it got i got that vibe because i did learn i learned a lot like i didn't really know about the james river at all i didn't know about like the history of the canal and everything so i learned some stuff and I also learn like just sometimes like watching them go down the rapids. I thought that was fun. Rapids. I like watching this. I just was like, I would not be ever doing any of the, what they did. Like it all looks extremely unappealing to me, but it's cool to watch it because I get to like experience it without having to deal with camping in the woods for two weeks and like canoeing all day. Like I can, I could not um yeah i thought it was a a interesting documentary though something i i haven't seen really um and it was very relaxing i thought i watched it at night it was there the mute there was like some calming music the voiceover was very calming like it was just like a relaxing documentary and good vibes yeah i probably have a little bit more experience with rivers uh than you do I worked mm. for a river. Um, just just a river. The river. Yeah, I worked for a river. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I worked for a rafting company, rafting tubing company ah. for a summer here. Um, right. So that wasn't the James River. That was the Shenandoah, which also kind of runs through this area. There's the Shenandoah and Potomac, which are more up here. And then the James is a little bit more south. Um, hmm. But yeah, so... I'm somewhat somewhat familiar, definitely not an expert, but like a, a little no, more uh, familiar with intermediate level on the river knowledge scale. Yeah, I would say maybe in between beginner and intermediate. Like I'm not quite intermediate, yeah. but I'm not. I, yeah, I'm fully at the novice. Like I, I, yeah. I definitely know a little bit more than I feel like the normal person uh, who doesn't know anything about rivers. But all that to say, I think it's interesting to watch something like this because I think there's a lot of things. Um, even if you live around the rivers or like, I mean, I drive over rivers all the time cause they're right <laughs> here in the valley. Like, yeah. um, uh-huh. they're all right. I drive in... over rivers. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, I, I drive over these rivers. I've driven, that they I've driven over a river in my Virginia. day. <laughs> um, 
But you know, like you don't think about the the things that happen to the river. Like yeah. it's something that like yeah. I literally drive over this river every single day when I travel, basically, and like I'm not thinking about or maybe I am a little bit, but like I'm not as in tune with a lot of these environmental things, mm. like specifically with the rivers. Cause I think a lot of times right. when we talk about environmental um causes and stuff, maybe we're talking about parks. Um, like I know like a lot of conservation efforts go into national parks or we're talking about the ocean and I feel like a lot of times maybe rivers aren't as um focused on which the is so interesting. Get shafted. Oh geez. Um <laughs> in terms of like a lot of those rivers are on like indigenous people's land um or like stolen land from local yeah. um indigenous groups. Um, So I think it's interesting that those are the things. I mean, that's its whole other bag to unpack. Uh, But I I think it's it's cool to see a couple things. Like one thing I found really interesting, there's a scene where they catch uh, this fish. So that was a big moment for um, the fisherman of the group, Stephen, because I guess he had never caught this fish, this type of fish before, because it's like hard to find in the river. And so it was kind of this big moment for him to catch this fish. And then they kind of talked about, or Will, the narrator, sort of talked about how, like, the fish were in the river and how, like, in a certain time, like, fish were put in the river and stuff like that and how they kind of expand and all that. And I think that's something that is, like, you don't ever think about that. Like, where did the fish in the river Yeah, where did the fish come from? Like, they just kind of, they were just there. I don't know. So just as, it's interesting to have those little tidbits that, like, you're not really thinking about. So you can kind of learn these little things. But it doesn't feel like it is too, like, the way they present the material and the information like, it didn't feel like it went over my head, because I think a lot of times with nature documentaries specifically, um, yes. it can feel very overwhelming, the amount of information that you're receiving. But one mm-hmm. thing I appreciated about this one was how they connected the information with moments like this. So they kind of yeah. gave you that emotional grab, and then they were like, oh, and here's information about the fish in the river. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting, because yeah. I just yeah. saw him catch this rare fish. Yeah, it did a good job of like not making it feel like a lecture you know because i think those documentaries can feel a lot like you're in like school um but it did a really good job of just like being a story and naturally like you said presenting information based on where they were in the river uh like what part of the river they were in or what was happening to them so i that's something like i that i really yeah agree with i think because i like i said i learned a lot but it didn't feel like i was like learning um, which is the best thing, the best way to learn. I think too, with you were saying like driving over the river and stuff, it, it puts that in perspective a lot. Cause you see a lot of shots of them on the river and then like looking up on the bridges that are over the river. And I mm. think it's like interesting to like, to have that perspective because like I said, like I drive over rivers, but I never really think about what is below me and I don't ever have that perspective. So it's interesting to see like that perspective from uh from down below and like all the being in that area where like i i can see it but i don't know what it feels like to actually be on the river or be there so cool i i really thought it was um a really interesting interesting documentary i would recommend people to check it out whenever it's available but right now let's go to the interview with uh three out of five of the main characters yeah the three the three guys who like made made the film 
And you were the only one that did this interview. Do you want to like give a little bit more of a intro then? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Noah wasn't able to be a part of this one because he was on a train going home. Um, yeah, so I was elf. there. This played Sunday at the festival. And I, our booth uh, table was right beside where they do like the, uh, the people signing things afterwards you know autographs Autographs. yes um (laughs) and so there's like a little small kind of like mini red carpet type area with like a table and they can sign whatever they have the you know some of the filmmakers had like blu-rays of their movies stuff like that um and so this was like the longest line I had seen all weekend to like really yeah like I mean I was just sitting there vibing and they're like meeting this like long line of people um which was really cool and so I was excited to talk to them because I was like man all these people like really loved this movie and like apparently really loved connecting with these filmmakers um and they're awesome they're really cool dudes uh who just really love nature really love environmental causes and making sure we're taking care of our planet and um just the way that they talk is really cool they're really chill down to earth pun intended Uh, um uh. yeah but it yeah they're awesome um and so it's cool to talk to them kind of about their process of making kind of a pretty sort of grassroots film of just sort of doing this on their own on the river together yeah, I'm excited to hear it. So let's just go right into that. I'm Will Gemma uh, from Headwaters Down. I'm Justin Black from Headwaters Down. Hi, I'm Dietrich Teschner from Headwaters Down. Awesome. Um, so obviously you guys are Virginia-based filmmakers, and you're the first Virginia film to be featured in Lost Weekend. How does that feel? Surprising and a, a total honor. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's cool that 15 years in, we are the first, um, and that Andy, um, as picky as he is, he has incredible taste in films, and for him to bring us in for the first one, and for him to just say that, you know, it felt Virginia through and through, is, um, you know, that's up there with, with what someone can say about it in terms of a compliment, so, yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people, because um, people have been coming to us and talking about films after they see it, and a couple people actually came over and sat down and talked about your guys' film and said that, that they, like, live along the river or live in Woodstock area and happen to, like, be familiar with it or learn new things about the area that they, like, actually live in. Um, What kind of impact in that sense were you hoping to make? Was it more like a focus impact on Virginia locally or were you hoping to make kind of a broader accessible type content? Um, Yeah, I I, I think... What you're talking about with with people talking about it feeling like Virginia, I think that's a really high compliment as a filmmaker that that we provided an experience that is true to our subject. Um, But I think there are certainly things that are universal about the experience. Uh, One thing we've talked about a lot is the a, a a local spirit of adventure, understanding that you can appreciate nature and have a sublime experience very close to home if you just pay attention to it. And I think it's it's something that I, certainly we learn more about making this project. And if we're able to communicate that to people, it's been a success. Cool. How do you think um, like 
documentary as a medium and like sort of in the film universe of using that as a medium helps tell your guys' specific stories or what you're kind of trying to convey? Um, I think for us, you know, our film is cinema verte in a way because we're just like filming us going through something. And so it's like we're just straight documenting like what's happening as it's happening. We're not like setting as much up. We're not really writing things. It's more just like going out and experiencing something and then building a story out of that. And I think that that's like become more acceptable in documentary um, I think, especially in nature documentaries, um, there was a long time when people shied away from having like activism involved and um, and sort of keeping things just informational. And you know, there was also like we we pretty much you know tear down the fourth wall in the intro of the film. Like it's obvious that we're the filmmakers, but we're also like the i mean not the actors but we're we're in the film too and like you can see our cameras and you you know we we i think that like just where documentary is now people are like totally cool with that whereas i think maybe in the past it would have been like we were breaking all these rules but i think it's like you know we've come a long way and especially with the ability for people like us to have access to like pretty decent gear uh that's also small enough to take out on the river <laughs> yeah sure uh, creates like a pretty unique style of film um and yeah just as far as like the power of documentary goes as a genre um and the way that we did it you know speaking to what you were saying it just increases the accessibility of the entire story you're not looking through glass at this river you're not looking just through the lens but really you're looking through our eyes and experiencing it with us and i think that that makes it much easier to care about the river you can get someone to to feel like or at least feel our love for it then that makes any message that we want to talk about either you know historically or environmentally so that that much stronger Sure. So when you take the kind of, well, those are my kind of favorite documentaries because I love documentaries, the sort of more observational, like immersive approach that like Frederick Wiseman type style. Um, He's one of my favorites. How do you feel like that and like immersing your own story in the story? Does that have any challenges with like your own vulnerability and kind of how you're feeling impacted by nature? And if like Maybe you feel uncomfortable or comfortable sharing those things because it's so, like, specific, like, being in nature. Like, I know how that can be. Yeah, I think that's a really good question because, yeah, I think to the vulnerability, speaking to the vulnerability, um, I think we all feel just vulnerable showing this film. Yeah. And admitting that you have this, like, deep, deep deep-seated connection to uh, this river and this state that we love. so yeah just kind of immersing ourselves in that and trying to bring out you know the trying to just show trying to really truly communicate the the feeling and um and i think we did because people say like wow that took me back to my you know like i haven't thought about fishing some of those holes in 40 years took me right back and so i think it that our vulnerability allows people to um, tap into their own a little bit, but yeah, oh man, I'm, I'm like, I always feel very, very vulnerable about exposing just how deeply you feel about something. And I, I think it 
it is challenging and it was definitely a lot easier when we didn't think anybody was going to watch the film and now everybody is and, and i i would say it's even it, it was more challenging because we just recently filmed a sequel to this uh, about okay. the lower james awesome um and i felt that self-consciousness a lot more the second time around because now i know that people are going to watch it it's terrifying yeah uh, even coming from a, a history and acting you know it's it's not necessarily myself up there and this time it was and it's uh, it's unique to see and it requires moments of honesty uh, with yourself and just you have to accept it at a certain bit and understand that or accept or at least pretend that people like it <laughs> i think it also helps that the three of us are filming and even like the other guys will hold cameras every once in a while so it's like it's not it's not like I have to, or any of us have to be like, hey, man, I'm like, I'm experiencing a really deep moment right now. Will you film this? It's like, yeah. you kind of just are like experiencing that moment. And you look over and like, one of your best friends is filming you. And it's like, okay, like, I'm just going to like, pretend like he's not for a second. Instead of being like, dude, stop filming me. I'm having a moment. You know, it's just kind of like getting over that. And then also just realizing that like, you're not going to get every shot you want to get. Like, ev like, some of the best moments that we have out there we don't have cameras rolling, you know? And so you just hope that you get enough or that there just are some moments that are on film that, that will come in handy when it, when it comes to like the editing room, you know? Are there any like specific inspirations that like went into this? Cause obviously like some of you come from different entertainment or like doing other media, like music, stuff like that. Was there anything specifically that inspired this as you were editing or like processing either in entertainment or otherwise? Yeah. Um, one thing that has been kind of cool. Um, one of our big inspirations is this guy named Bill Mason. Um, he's a naturalist, outdoorsman, avid paddler from Canada. And he made a bunch of these um, really cool, beautifully shot, um paddling films in yep. like the uh, I'll 80s. add that he's like the Bob Ross of canoeing. Yeah. Okay, how cool. I like to describe him. And um he passed away but right before he did he founded this festival called Water Walker which is the name of one of his films which is free on YouTube. Um and we actually got into Water Walker Film Festival. Um and so that was kind of like a full circle moment. Yeah. Uh we just found that out. Um but yeah, like he was a huge inspiration for us just, yeah, as like being like, oh, we could make a film about paddling. Um, but there were also a lot of other inspirations. So if you guys want to speak to those. I mean, yeah, this was kind of part of the film about Werner Herzog. Uh, just his approach to documentary making is, uh, it's, it's funny how intense he is and just, it's it's nice to see how much of himself he puts in his films and how he's so confident with his perspective and the story in the film gets told from his perspective sort of unapologetically. Uh, and I, I think filmmakers like that who, who don't apologize and don't compromise what they want to do. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, extremely inspiring and I'm not saying we necessarily succeeded that with that on this one but it, it's it's something to strive for yeah and I'm, I'm i'm i would add on to that like when we first put together the first like six hour version of this thing um we were all together and we watched endless summer and great um, movie yeah and i think for me it was like that narrative voice yeah is like just very chill but like has its deep moments and just really communicates like really kind of talking to the 
audience very naturally. And so that was a big inspiration. All of us were like, man, that, that is just such a good narrative voice. And I think just kind of mixing that with like your, your David Attenborough type stuff sure. is kind of what we were going for. Um, so yeah, that was some inspiration for me at least. Yeah, that's a vibe for sure. <laughs> Um, and I guess to kind of wrap up, one question that we specifically like to ask on our podcast to all of our guests is what is the first movie you saw in a theater or like if you can't remember what that was, kind of the first like impactful movie theater memory that you have? Um, I saw, I'm pretty sure it's called Fly Away Home about the um, Great film. the girl who... Sit, like saves a bunch of goslings and then like builds a ultralight plane and teaches them how to migrate and i saw that at the bird theater in richmond when i was like super young and i remember like i got obsessed with i was like i'm gonna build an ultralight plane and decorate it like a goose and go fly with the geese like definitely gonna do that of course you know i tried to build wings and put them on like a go-kart it didn't work but uh but that was like that, w- that was actually really um yeah, big experience for me. And then when we showed our film at the bird, um, I was like, it was kind of like a full circle moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what my first movie was. Um, for some reason, I want to say Fern Gully. But honestly, I feel like that may have been too old for me. Oh, it's an amazing film. It's got Robin Williams playing a bat. Um that's most of what I remember about it, but uh, yeah, it was either that or Brave Little Toaster, both of which are cinematic classics in my book. Um, yeah, what, what was I, what was what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what our favorite movie? What the first first movie you saw in a theater, or the first like impactful one that people say a lot is one that like when they watched it, they realized someone made it. Like there was all of a sudden a revelation that was like, wait are there there's people behind this like someone actually made this piece of content and maybe i can make content too yeah that's that is interesting i'm i'm struggling to remember like early early days other than just like the thrill of going to the theater as a, as a, a little person everything's big the seats are huge the screen's huge the sound is huge and i think just being impacted by that i mean especially as a kid it just like blows your hair back in a theater and that experience talking to other filmmakers too as a filmmaker you want people to see your film in a theater you don't want them to see it i mean if they see it at home great you want th- you want everyone to watch it but man the theater experience is so amazing yeah and for me i remember as a kid like i can't remember what movie it was but it was the first movie where the crowd clapped like the movie was so good that every like and it was, i was like why are they clapping for a movie and it was like because someone made it, like you said, because like the yeah. effort that went into that and the result was so good that like it got a standing ovation and you know, it was a Hollywood movie and it just, I'll never forget that. And yeah, that was like an opening, eye-opening experience for me. Yeah, I, I would say that I only just recently realized that you can make your own movie by making this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, my entire life, really, I mean, and, and after being in things as an actor even, it, ju- it just seemed like such an enormous undertaking to be at the helm of a project that gets up on a big screen. And now all of a sudden we've done it really just by virtue of trying. And it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. And I can't wait to make the next one. Yeah, and just to add to that, like if, it, if there's anybody out there listening to this that um, is interested in making their own movie or like thinking about 
making their own movie, I would say like just do it and just do one thing at a time. Give yourself some deadlines and try to meet those deadlines. If you don't, well, you you're the one who set them, so you can just extend it a little bit. <laughs> but just try to try to see things through to the very end, because you know there's a lot of I mean ourselves included. Like there's other projects we never actually completed, and you might be surprised. Once you complete something, even if it's not like your masterpiece, um, you might be surprised at people's response, you know, because you might have watched it a hundred times. I know for us, we, we had watched it so many times and edited and, you know, tinkered with it for so long that we started being like, is this, are we crazy? Like, is this even interesting to anybody? And then, you know, now we've gotten into a few festivals and people have seem to like it so you know we're gonna try try to do it again but you know i would just like to encourage anybody out there to to go ahead and try to do it awesome well thanks for chatting on the pod and i appreciate you guys sharing your thoughts thanks a lot thanks so much for having us thank you so thanks to dietrich will and justin for sitting down with me and chatting about their uh film headwaters down uh like we said once uh it comes to internet somewhere i don't know where that will once be once it comes yet. to the interwebs well it's hard to say like once but no, once yeah. it's available it's hard with these kind of movies. um you know for other people to watch i definitely recommend it you can um follow the film on instagram we'll t- we'll put that in the show notes um and you can also find it on letterboxd and then if you add it to your watch list oh. once it hits uh, you know whether it's a rental or we'll be on some sort of streaming service you can track with the film and sort of uh see where you may be able to have the opportunity to, to see it i'm sure um there yeah. will be some way that it'll eventually be open for yeah. all audiences i mean so i'm sure they're trying they're not gonna just keep it to themselves you know so eventually yeah because i think it's be an important um little piece on a very specific yeah. area like niche area in virginia but something that can be important in terms of like land and river conservation and sort of what normal people can do to sort of protect these rivers as well as like other people who are doing conservation but like cleaning up the area like just very simple things that um i think are really important reminders for people who live around like nature areas yeah like we said with worst new york's worst landlords like it's a very specific area that they're focusing on but it's something that's applicable to like yeah everywhere in america so i think that's the best way to do a documentary because you can't like tackle everything, but you can go to a microcosm and then it's very applicable to your own life as well. Sure. Um, so yeah, like we said at the, at the start, this is our final of these four episodes, like this format. We hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. If you have any suggestions for maybe if we do this next year, just, you can email us, I guess that's all that's in the show notes. <laughs> um, you can reach out on Twitter, Instagram, and everything's down there. And other than that, uh, another thank you to all the sponsors, obviously. Girls on the Run, the nonprofit who we've heard from a couple of times, Mubi, who, you know, if you don't know by now, they're a streaming service <laughs> that you can stream um, more, like a more curated streaming service, like than um, like Netflix or something. Like, definitely curate a lot more independent film. I don't know. My mind's at a blank. What else do they curate? They curate like international cinema. Order. They have a a lot of like short films that you can watch. Documentaries. 
Yeah, I think um, if you like this podcast, I bet there will be something on movie that you will Yeah, like. definitely. But I don't, other than that, I don't really have anything else. We have the exit interview, I guess you could call it, with Andy next Thursday. Yeah, so in our regular scheduled content, um, we'll be wrapping up Spooktober. Basically, oh. it'll be November 1st, but it'll pretty much be uh. the end of Spooktober. I mean, it's the same thing, day after Halloween. It's kind of like how after christmas the next like two weeks are still like christmas you know yeah it's the same christmas thing. enough halloween like, it's the you same need halloween vibes. like you can't just cut off on the 31st you need a slow right descent. right right yeah so we'll be doing uh we've never seen jennifer's body um which is in our series of movies that are pretty popular or called classics or whatever that we just haven't seen uh so we'll be talking about that one so make sure you tune in for that yeah, I know a lot of our audience likes this movie. This has been a movie that I've been told by friends to watch multiple times. So anyone listening, if you've told me to watch this, you better listen to this episode because I I listen to you, and we're gonna we're gonna give you all of our unfiltered first impressions of Jennifer's body, just like if it was released today and we were doing a review. Um, so it should be a pretty fun time. But other than that, I think that's all I have. Great. That's all I have. Are you sure? Is that definitely all you have? Like you, you checked all your pockets, turned them inside out. Uh huh. Your your hoodie. Maybe yes. stashed, stashed it back there. Nope. All that's right. It just all. just double check in. Just double check in. Um. Until next time, then. I'm Noah. And I'm Kayla. And, and we're we're your second hand film critics. Film critics.